everyone, and welcome to the VTEX Earnings Conference Call for the quarter ended June 30, 2022. I'm Julia Barro-Fernandez, Investor Relations Director for VTEX. Our senior executives presented today are Geraldo Thomas Jr., Founder and Co-CEO, and Ricardo Camata Sodre, Finance Executive Officer. Additionally, Mariano Gomide de Faria, Founder and Co-CEO, and Andres Polidoro, Chief Financial Officer, will be available during today's Q&A session. I would like to remind you that management may make forward-looking statements related to such matters as continuous growth prospects for the company, industry trends, and product and technology initiatives. These statements are based on currently available information and our currently assumptions, expectations, and projections about future events. While we believe that our assumptions, expectations, and projections are reasonable in view of the currently available information, you are cautioned not to place undue reliance on these forward-looking statements. Certain risk and uncertainties are described under risk factors and forward-looking statement sections of BTEX Form 20F for the year ended December 31, 2021, and other BTEX filings within the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, which are available on our investor relations website. Finally, I would like to remind you that during the course of this conference call, we may discuss some non-GAAP measures. A reconciliation of those measures to the nearest comparable GAAP measures can be found in our second quarter 2022 earnings press release available on our investor relations website. Now, let me turn the call over to Geraldo. Geraldo, the floor is yours. Thank you, Julia. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining our second quarter 2022 earnings conference call. We're excited to announce that once again this quarter, our GMV outperformed the overall e-commerce market. That was driven by two key factors. First, our existing customers' GMV growth outpaced the market, demonstrating the resiliency of our enterprise-focused customer base. Second, new customers joined our platform, demonstrating their trust in the VTEX platform to add value even under the volatile macroeconomic conditions. As a testament to that, in Q2, our GMV grew year-over-year 27.6% in USD, while global and Latin American e-commerce growth was flattish to single-digit growth at most. We continue seeing VTEX consolidating its leadership position in Latin America. During the quarter, we delivered solid results in special events, such as hot sales in Mexico and tax-free day in Colombia, giving us confidence in the ramp-up of Mexico and the consolidation of more mature markets such as Colombia. Additionally, we continue making solid steps forward in our international expansion, something that was noticed by industry experts, which I will address later on. Over the past couple of years, we were in hyper-investment cycle, an important phase for Vitex that allow us to roughly triple our headcount and create a menu of future growth opportunities. Now, as part of the plan, it is only natural for us to prioritize the opportunities created and leverage our current structure to continue delivering strong growth. With this, Vitex is doubling down on the most promising growth opportunities in our menu. This prioritization of growth opportunities and setting of our optimal structure came up with a hard decision that included a layoff of 193 employees. We deeply appreciate and thank the hard work and commitment of those employees who were impacted by the layoff. We are happy to inform that approximately 50% of them have already found new opportunities 
and we will continue helping to reallocate the remaining former vertexes. Pursuing strong growth in a sustainable manner is not something new to us. Vitex was born in Latin America. We practically self-funded our growth until $100 million in AR in 2020. We welcome and we are actually excited about demonstrating how we at Vitex can deliver strong and consistent top-line growth while being disciplined with our investments. We're confident in the future growth of the company, and we feel the power of having all the taxes aligned in pursuing the enormous opportunities that we have in front of us. The underlying long-term trends from the sector continue to be attractive. In the shorter term, some of our key priorities for the remaining of the year will be to continue helping our customers outperform the markets, keeping improving our gross margin, and optimize our expenses to gain operational efficiency. On helping our customers outperform the market, we will continue innovating to provide the infrastructure our customers need to accelerate the operation and stay relevant to consumers through multiple sales channels and fulfillment channels. A great demonstration of how that translates into value-add to our customers is that in the second quarter of 2022, as already mentioned, our customers' GMV outperformed the Latin American commerce market. On gross margin, I'm extremely proud that we've been able to increase our non-GAAP subscription gross margin by 370 bips on a year-over-year basis. This margin expansion was mostly driven by technology improvements, such as the migration of some of our cloud environments to more efficient processes, operating systems and frameworks, among other initiatives. We also improved our service gross margin, which contributes to an overall non-gap gross margin improvement of 510 bits on a year-over-year basis. We expect to continue showing improvements in this line going forward, while also providing best-in-class service levels to our customers. On expenses, we will show significant operational leverage in the second half of the year without jeopardizing our growth in the short, medium, or long term. As I mentioned before, we calibrated our organizational structure in order to deliver our adjusted priorities, which resulted in a one-off layoff expenses in key on top of the already anticipated additional key expenses related to Vitex Day, an event that is key for positioning our company among prospects, partners, and existing customers. In key we expect to have a clean P&L that will start to clearly demonstrate the trajectory of our operating income. Now, moving to our commercial updates. In the second quarter, we continue attracted premier brands and retailers. Some new customers that went live this quarter that didn't have online store presence in their respective countries before were Elo, ThumbUp, Zebrands in Brazil. Group Seb Anders in Colombia, and BRF in Chile. Additionally, 
new customers that migrated from other platforms that went live this quarter was Pernambucanas and Eric in Brazil, Garbarino in Argentina, Granger and Citric in Mexico, Yamaha in Colombia, Momentum Textiles in the U.S., and Invitadissima in Spain. On top of that, we continue building and trenched sticky relationship with our existing customers. Some premier brands that, and retailers that expanded their operation with us, opening new online stores in new countries during the second quarter work. AB InBev added Dominican Republic in addition to nine other countries in Latin America. And Sugo added Mexico in addition to other four countries in Latin America. As mentioned last quarter, while the average number of months our new customers are taking to implement Vitex platform continues to be above the historical average, we see no structural changes in the demand for the Vitex software. Therefore, we continue to be encouraged by the long-term opportunity we have ahead of us. On that note, in May of this year, Vitex was named a contender in the fourth wave. B2C Solutions Q2 2022. The Forrester Report stated that Vitex has recently begun to succeed on in its mission to gain a foothold in market outside Latin America, and that Vitex is strong in digital products and subscriptions. We're proud of this recognition, and we will continue to work hard on our international expansion as we see a strong fit from our product and sales traction is increasing according to plan in this new geography. We know we cannot do all this alone. We believe in the multiplying force of collaboration. One of our key competitive advantages is our ecosystem, and that's why we will continue to nurture and expand our partners. Aligned with our payment partnership strategy shared last quarter, we are excited to announce that we launched a partnership with ADN, a global payment platform of choice for many of the world-leading companies. We're confident that the partnership brings a powerful value proposition to the ecosystem. Both companies are committed to enabling enterprise brands and retailers to start having an omni-channel operation that drives business growth and provides a consistent customer experience in offline and online channels. We're also focused on generating partnerships with independent software vendors, or RSVs, to boost innovation and keep expanding the offering and customization layers available in our platform. The Tech Acceleration Program seeks innovative e-commerce-related solutions that can meet the needs of our customers. The project is focused on fostering the global e-commerce ecosystem by integrating third-party apps with the Vitex App Store. In the second quarter of 2022, we included a few new partners in this program. One of them was MailUp, who launched an app called Bizu in Brazil that helps customers have detailed control and analytics of their e-commerce operation. Another one was Woolup, who added the CRM capability to our ecosystem, which enabled us to already win customers. Before wrapping up, 
I'd like now to revisit our four strategic priorities, focusing our innovation updates section and success cases from our customers. Pernambucana, a retailer which sells clothing and home appliances technologies with two business units and more than 400 stores in 200 cities in Brazil, chose VTAC for its headless approach. They wanted to implement continuous customization in their website and mobile app while avoiding any limitations. Additionally, they wanted a solution that enabled them to keep a consistent experience between channels, providing a true omni-channel experience. The internal team from Pernambucanas, with the support of the Vitex team, was able to implement this complex case in only five months achieving our client's goal to reformulate the online experience in an impressive timeline. Last quarter, we mentioned that we were going to have our first live shopping event in the U.S. Now, looking back at the results, our customer experience an eight-time increase in conversion rate from viewers during that event, which led them to consider leveraging live shops not only for product launches, but also for sales events, social media campaigns, and product demonstrations. Live stream is a global trend, and we are encouraged to see our solution continue to penetrate our customer base. In fact, this quarter, we had 231 live shopping events, which represents a quarter-over-quarter increase of almost 80%. Briggs and Stratton, World's largest producer of air-cooled petrol engines for outdoor power equipment chose VTAC in the U.S. for the B2B project with three different business units supporting multi-language and multi-current with one single account. They use it to run their operation with two different platforms and decided to relaunch with us in a single e-commerce platform resulting in a more consistent user experience, improving maintainability of the platform, leveraging all of our out-of-the-box e-commerce features, including, for example, our quick order app, which provides a frictionless process to place orders. Embargo Zalobestia, a home appliance retailer in Spain with 20 physical stores, chose us to help them with our robust omni-channel capability in order to scale up their sales and unify their multiple sales channels. The company has been experiencing a high growth trajectory over the last five years. In fact, they were recently included in the list of top 1,000 highest growth companies in Europe by the Financial Times. Their in-house developer website was facing difficulties scaling up given the growth of SKUs. The customers wanted to grow the, both their physical and online operations, generating synergies between them, a clear need for robust omnichannel capability. They were also focused on improving the overall performance and usability of the website. They are now leveraging VTAX, improving their checkout statistics, conversion rates, and other key commerce performance metrics while also building a true omnichannel strategy 
by integrating their physical stores and other sales channels. On the development platform of choice for digital commerce, we're proud to announce that we continue attracting developers to our low-code platform, gaining momentum in the community and scaling our capabilities. Monthly active developers accessing Vitex Development Portal increased to more than 28,000 in the second quarter of 2022 from more than 24,000 in the first quarter of the same year. Wrapping up the operational update section, I would like to thank our 1,560 Vitexes that are working to fulfill our mission as well as our customers, partners, and investors. Now, I will turn the call to Ricardo so he can cover our financial progress reports for the quarter. Thank you, Geraldo. Hi, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here update you on our financial performance for the second quarter of 2022. This quarter, our revenue increased to $38.7 million, a year-over-year increase of 25% in U.S. dollars, and 20% on a FX-neutral basis. Subscription revenue reached $36.6 million in the second quarter of 2022, from $29.7 million in the same quarter last year, a year-over-year increase of 24% in U.S. dollars and 17% on FX-neutral basis. This quarter, subscription revenue accounted for 95% of total revenue, versus 96% in the same quarter last year, explained by the implementation of our backlog, which leads to increases in our services revenue. Non-GAAP subscription gross profit was $26.6 million, compared to $20.4 million in the second quarter of 2021. Non-GAAP subscription gross margin was 72.5% in the second quarter of 2022, compared to 68.8% in the same quarter of 2021. The 370 basis points year-over-year margin expansion reflects operational hosting improvements as we migrate non-core hosting services and optimize our code's cloud and computing usage. On top of the non-gap subscription gross margin expansion, we also improve our services gross margin which led to an overall non-GAAP gross profit reaching $25.7 million, representing a year-over-year increase of 36% and a margin improvement of 510 basis points. Our non-GAAP total operating expenses increased to $43.3 million in the second quarter of 2022, from $29.4 million in the same period last year. This resulted in our non-GAAP loss from operations to be $17.5 million during the second quarter of 2022, compared to $10.4 million in the second quarter of 2021. The increase in expenses and loss from operations were primarily due to VTAX day and one-off layoff expenses, both accounting for slightly more than $5 million, with VTAX day representing the majority of this amount. Along this line, and reinforcing Geraldo's previous comments, we expect not only to continue delivering gross margin improvements, but also to see significant operational leverage in our expenses in the second half of 2022. Leverage on the expenses side will come from our already well-invested structure, as well as a result of the hard decision of laying off 193 employees. 
a decision we handle with transparency, respect, and utmost responsibility. Our end market and business model make us confident in our ability to demonstrate attractive capital allocation, achieving top-line growth for many years to come. Our non-GAAP operating income margin from existing stores has ranged between 35% and 15% in 2020 and 2021, respectively, giving us a clear path to continue executing our growth plan while also seeing our potential operating margin opportunity. As of the three months ended June 30, 2022, VTEX had a negative $12.7 million free cash flow compared to $14.7 million negative free cash flow in the second quarter of 2021. Since the beginning of 2022, we've been working digitally to optimize our working capital, which resulted in an improvement in cash flow despite the one-off expenses already mentioned. This improvement in working capital is a result of operational improvements in our collection of receivables, as well as procurement optimization in our prepaid expenses and accounts payables. Regarding our future outlook, we continue to see macroeconomic uncertainty impacting our new store's average time to implement the VTEX platform, as well as generating volatility in our existing customers' GMV performance. We had a solid performance in Q2, and for the second half of the year, we will continue focusing on helping our customers outperform the market while also improving our gross margin and operating income margins. In the third quarter of 2022, although we are entering into cleaner comps, macroeconomic conditions remain uncertain. Therefore, we are currently targeting revenue in the 37.0 to $38.0 million range for the third quarter of 2022, implying a year-over-year growth of 18% in U.S. dollars and 20% on FX neutral basis in the middle of the range. For the full year 2022, despite the incremental volatility, we maintain our FX neutral year-over-year revenue growth target of 24 to 27%, implying a range of $158 to $162 million based on July average FX rates. VTEX is well positioned to navigate the current environment. We have clear visibility of our path to break even. We are capitalized with over $250 million liquidity in the balance sheet. Considering our excess liquidity after funding our organic growth plans, we see three key areas as potentially interesting capital allocation opportunities. We could use part of this capital to pursue M&A opportunities, although the bid and ask gap between public and private markets may pose short-term challenges. Over the medium and long term, this could be an interesting capital deployment opportunity. We could also use part of this capital to accelerate our international expansion. Although in the early and intermediate stages of international expansion, capital should be deployed with caution over the medium and long term, as we see clear evidence of commercial traction, this could be an interesting capital allocation. Finally, as approved by our board of directors, we now have shares with purchases as an additional tool for capital deployment which could be useful in moments of market dislocations. 
We will always diligently evaluate these options and allocate capital in the best interest of long-term shareholders of the company, based on the evaluation of market conditions and applicable legal requirements. Wrapping up today's call, we are clearly adding value to our customers by helping them outperform the market. We continue to have a strong backlog undergoing implementation. We have an expanding gross margin and expect to deliver operating income margin improvements in the second half of the year. All these together give us confidence in our business today and in the long-term opportunity we have ahead of us. We'll continue focusing on what makes VTEX unique, our blue-chip and resilient customer base, the quality of our platform's technology, product, and features, and a strong and difficult-to-replicate ecosystem. With that, let's open it up for questions now. Thank you. Thank you. We will now begin the QA session. If you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone keypad. If for any reason you would like to remove that question, please press star followed by two. Again, to ask a question, press star one. We will pause here briefly to allow questions to generate in key. The first question is from the line of Fred Mendez with Bank of America. You may proceed. Uh, hello, uh, uh, good, good afternoon, everyone, and thanks for the call. I have two questions here. Uh, the first one, uh, you mentioned you're going to climb the U.S., Momentum Textiles. It looks like it's, it's wrapping up this, op this operation. So if, whatever you can share in terms of the, the profile of these clients, uh, the roadmap of, for, the, for gaining for the market share in the U.S., anything. I think, anyways, any kind of information on the U.S. market would be great. That would be my first question. Second question, uh, when I look for the guidance in 2022, if I consider what you already deliver and the $38 million in the third queue, the top of the range for the third queue, uh, you'd need to deliver something like $47 million in the, in the fourth queue. It's like 23% acceleration quarter over quarter, which is higher than what happened last year. So just how confident are here are you uh, uh, in terms of reaching this, guide, this guidance, considering that uh, fourth queue needs to be a strong one in order to deliver the numbers for the year. Thank you. Okay, uh, for, I'm going to answer Mariano here. Uh, I'm going to answer for um, the expansion in the U.S., and then I will pass to Sodre. So on the, the U.S., we keep seeing a strong pipeline. Um, we, we are seeing a, a change on the profile, a little bit more organic leads are coming. Uh, this is good uh, in our view. Uh, this is uh, the recognition of our visibility. Uh, increasing our uh, ability to generate our own deals. And um, the, the pipeline is uh, as planned uh, to, to be stronger uh, as we announced in the, in the beginning of the year. So all the clients that we are implementing in the U.S., it is following the, the, the plan. The momentum uh, that you saw uh, in, in, uh, in the client, it is... Uh, we're going to continue focus in mid-size B2B as breaches threaten, as we put live them. We're going to continue focus in a migration of uh, old legacy platforms. Uh, and um, we are pretty much confident that we will be able to deliver the, the momentum that uh, we plan uh, to the U.S. 
Perfect. Uh, and Mariana, just to complement on the second question, hi, Fred, this is uh, Ricardo Sodré here. Thanks for the question regarding the, the implicit guidance, right, for, for Q4. Uh, so we believe Q4 may show some acceleration versus Q2 in our guidance for Q3. Uh, that will be driven mainly by uh, fourth quarter 2022 seasonality more aligned with previous years than the fourth quarter 2021 seasonality which was uh, a little bit weaker than usual, uh, as well as uh, the GMD performance of our existing customers and the ramp-up of our recently implemented new customers. So those are the, the key drivers for some uh, acceleration in the uh, fourth quarter. Perfect. Uh, super clear. Thank you, Mariano. Thank you, Ricardo. The next question is from the line of Clark Jeffries with Piper Sandler. You may proceed. Hello. Uh, thank you for taking the question. You know, from a high level, Ricardo, you know, you guided the 20% FX neutral growth. You hit the 20% FX neutral growth. You're maintaining the full year. I, I mean, I guess beyond the GMV trends and sort of adjusting for that, you know, what are you seeing in terms of pipeline bookings? And especially, you know, comparing to Q1, how has the appetite changed as uh, 2022 has gone on? Yeah, uh, thanks, thanks, Jeff. Happy to, to start and others feel free to, to complement. Uh, so, yeah, for, for the second quarter, uh, we delivered the 20% uh, effect neutral growth in the middle of the guidance. And uh, we are guiding for 20% in the middle of the guidance for Q3 as well and we are maintaining the guidance for, for the year. Uh, as we mentioned in the prepare remarks, uh, we continue to see uh, strong demand for the VTEX platform. Uh, E-commerce continues to have very attractive long-term opportunity. Uh, the omni-channel strategy and integrating different channels, uh, both on the sales side and on the fulfillment side, is uh, utmost importance for the brands and retailers out there. And VTEX helps a lot on that. Uh, so we continue to see a uh, strong demand for the VTEX software, uh, and, and that's the most uh, important driver for, for the long term of the company, right? Uh, Macroeconomics uh, uh, and uncertainties does impact uh, some volatility in the GMP of the, our existing customers, uh, but that's uh, taken into account in our uh, guidance for, uh, for Q3 as, as we see it right now. All right, perfect. And then, you know, any way to help us think through how how to think through the margin expansion for the second half of the year? You know, is it might it be fair to say that operating expenses could go back to Q1 levels and then stay there for the rest of the year, or uh, any kind of insight there to help us think through what's possible on on an expansion basis? Yeah, great, great question. Uh, yeah, so. We appreciate the opportunity to share some additional details uh, on, on this topic. Uh, we believe a good way to look at it is that our layoff reduced our red headcount by roughly 10%, and we are also optimizing other expenses not related to headcount at a similar level. Uh, therefore, after excluding uh, VTEX day uh, and layoff impacts from our Q2 expenses, you could expect 10% uh, savings uh, going forward. Uh, 
so in other words, uh, that would translate into slightly more than $1 million savings uh, per month uh, going forward. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. The next question is from the line of Diego Araga with Goldman Sachs. You may proceed. Yes, uh, hi, thanks for taking my question. Um, two questions, if I may. Uh, the first one is uh, maybe a follow-up on the previous one uh, related to the cost-cut initiative started uh, during the quarter. I guess, uh, Ricardo, what can you share with us regarding, you know, let's say any efficiency program in place and how should we be thinking about potential impact at the EBITDA level, right? And not only like for the, for the next quarters, but just want to understand how this could be structurally impact your business and eventually also change, uh, you know, uh, your views regarding the break-even uh, at the EBITDA level that, if I'm not mistaken, was expected uh, for the end of uh, 2023. So this is the first question. Thank you. Great. Thanks, thanks Jergo, for, for the question. Uh, so maybe first, starting from, from the end there on the break-even, uh, as mentioned in the previous earnings call, right, we are aiming to reach uh, non-GAAP operating income by the fourth quarter of 2023. Uh, that continues to be our commitment. The recent adjustments that we mentioned, the layoff, uh, is a clear demonstration of this commitment. Now, if there is an opportunity to reach break even sooner while not impacting our growth plans, we will definitely pursue it. Um, so, so I think that's, you know, on the, on the timing there. Uh, on EBITDA level impact, as I mentioned in the previous question from, from Jeff, uh, the, the optimization that we did in our organization structure uh, should create savings of roughly, uh, slightly more than a million dollars per, per month uh, going forward. So if you remove our total expenses for Q2 was roughly $43 million, 43.3. So if you remove the slightly more than $5 million that we had, from VTAC pay uh, and layoff expenses, you'd get to $38 million or something around that neighborhood. Uh, and then if you remove these uh, slightly more than $1 million per month, uh, that would be kind of the expected um, expenses going forward. And then with that, you can have a sense of uh, the, the EBITDA uh, impact. Uh, hopefully that answers the question, Jacob, but if it's not clear, please uh, please do a follow-up question. No, no, this is, uh, this was, uh, very, very helpful, Ricardo. Thank you for that. And, uh, and I guess, uh, we can jump into, to the second question, which is regarding the profitability of, uh, you know, existing customers, uh, versus new customers. As I understand, you know, that, uh, the operating margin for existing stores in 2021 was around like 15%, uh, which compares to a negative margin of 100, 200 uh, percent for new stores opening in the same year, but I, I was just wondering if you can comment about, let's say, the long-term margin for those existing clients as your business mature, right? So how we should be thinking uh, about those margins in the long term? I guess uh, that's a question, and maybe if I can follow up on Fred's uh, question regarding, you know, the profile of customers you are adding. Uh, particularly in the U.S. and Europe. I just want to understand if you are adding new brands to your portfolio or if you are adding brands that have been using the VTEX platform in Laran uh, in, uh, in these regions. Thank you. Great, Jimbo. Uh, so start 
working with the uh, margins on existing customers and how that evolves in the long term. So we are not providing long-term margins for, for the business, but we do believe that breaking down our P&L between uh, the existing customers' P&L and the new customers' P&L, uh, as we are doing on a yearly basis, it's very helpful to understand uh, the potential margin of the business. Uh, and as you mentioned, in 2021, uh, our existing customers' P&L had uh, roughly 15% uh, non-gap operating margins. Uh, if you look back in 2020, this was actually 35%, right? So this shows the margin opportunity that we have uh, ahead of us. And uh, over time, uh, we customers tend not to uh, change their margins uh, after they turn from new customers into existing customers, right? Now, as we have been showing over the past few quarters, we are improving our uh, subscription gross margin which is the driver for the gross margin of the existing customers, uh, and we believe there is an opportunity to continue improving uh, the, the gross margins. Uh, so I think on the second question was more related to customers uh, in the U.S. So, Mariano, if you want to take that one? Yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, on the expansion of brands, uh, we are continuing seeing brands expanding with Vitex. We can mention, for example, Whirlpool that launched uh, India uh, with us. So it is a global contract with Whirlpool, and um, every single new uh, country that is being added, uh, it is uh, uh, it is added value for Vitex, and we are very proud to support global clients like Whirlpool, uh, Motorola, ABI Dev, and others. So it's organic uh, as they go, as they moving forward on their own kind of a digital transformation. We are the the, the backbone for it. On the profile of the clients on the U.S. and um, and Europe, they are we are we are focusing in two profiles: uh, mid-size uh, B2B companies, mid-size uh, online operations for enterprise uh, companies uh, like Bridge Stratton. It is uh, one like a CAE. That's a red one that we disclaim. So we are seeing a momentum on these uh, mid-size B2B uh, of enterprise uh, in the U.S. and um, in United and, and uh, in Europe. And the second one is a migration of um, legacy platforms on the B2B side, on the B2C B2 side. So uh, those will be, uh, you can expect those uh, as a, the profile of the clients that we're going to be adding in the next uh, one year in uh, US and Europe. Sounds good, Mariano and Ricardo. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. Again, to ask a question, press star one. The next question is from the line of Josh Beck with KeyBank. You may proceed. Hey guys, this is Maddie on for Josh. Um, just to double click a bit on what you're just talking about and in terms of your capital allocation priorities, um, what kind of investments do you think you need to make internationally from this point with the momentum that you're seeing? Um, and could any of that be achieved through M&A? Are you looking through M&A in the product perspective or a geo perspective or any other color that would be helpful? Thanks. So, Mariano here, uh, and please invite Sodre and Geraldo to complement. The capital location, we will be always open for M&A, uh, as we always be. Um, what we are seeing is that um, we will be very curated in the way we analyze the M&A opportunities right now in this market, in this location. So we want to see 
the the kind of uh, kind of uh, the right prices for the right companies with the right values. So we will always be looking for M&As, but this is uh, not the case that we are seeing like a heavy opportunities right now in the market. The other way, uh, we will continue to invest in our organic growth. That's uh, this is our uh, kind of. Uh, Plan has been always our plan, and uh, we will continue to invest in our uh, organic growth in Europe and the U.S. We have a very conscious allocation of our investments. We have this uh, playbook of VTEX that uh, gives us uh, every unit of economics in each region that we are acting to be very responsible in how we, we go to market on those countries. And um, we are on track in our plan, and this should be shown in our numbers. Uh, Mariano, just to complement. Uh, sorry, yeah, I just wanted to, to complement uh, on, on that. Uh, I believe we have a well-invested structure uh, in U.S. and Europe that we are looking to continue leveraging uh, going forward. Uh, on the many opportunities, uh, we see some gap in the bid and ask between private and public markets, so that's something that we are mindful of uh, in the short term. Uh, and as the question was also, uh, related to capital allocation, right? We also uh, have now the tool uh, to do share repurchase as an additional option for capital allocation, uh, right? So as a high growth company, we will prioritize our organic growth plans, uh, international expansion, product development, and M&A opportunities. Uh, now considering the access liquidity that we have in our balance sheet, uh, as well as current market volatility, uh, having the ability to do share repurchase during market dislocations could be a very attractive capital allocation to the long-term shareholders as well. Awesome. And just one follow-up from me. Do you have any color on where you feel your most defensive verticals are in the perspective of your total uh, GMV going forward? Hello, hello. So this is Geraldo. Uh, nice to talk to you. I would say that the you know the ideal customer profile of VTEX right now and in the future are customers that have multiple that that sells in multiple channels and have several physical stores. Uh, they can be grocery uh, uh, retailers. They can be uh, fashion brands. They can be B two B companies. Uh, uh, as long as they, they are omni-channel, they want to serve multiple channels to a single source of truth, uh, we are their platform. That's, that's the, 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 the ideal customer profile for us. Thanks. I appreciate the color. Thank you. There are no questions remaining in queue. I'd like to pass the call back over to Geraldo for closing remarks. We are encouraged about our results in the second quarter and excited about the results to come, as we are already seeing opportunities coming from the engineering, sales, and product team, with top line coming at strong pace. We can control the macro but we can for sure be bold in our actions in order to help our customers navigate this environment with the right set of tools to accelerate the business and drive higher than the market growth. 
Our discipline in capital allocation will continue to translate into high-growth companies with an extraordinary commitment to its mission to become the backbone for commerce globally. The opportunity we have ahead of us is huge. E-commerce penetration in Latin America still has a long road ahead, while on top of that, our journey outside of the region is just starting. None of the fundamentals changed. Enterprise brands and retailers need to partner with companies such as VTAC to build a proper omnichannel strategy in order to stay relevant. Stay tuned. The best is yet to come. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I'm looking forward to updating you about our progress in our next learning call. That concludes today's conference call. Thank you for joining and enjoy the rest of your day.